hello and thank you for listening to All Fudged Up. I'm Angie Goods, also known as Miss G Growing on a lot of social medias. And I just wanted to once again say thank you for listening. Thank you to all of our guests, both past and if we have a current guest on the show. Thank you. Um, you know, the show would not be what it is without people listening, one, and having amazing guests and having an amazing co-host. Thank you, Shaylee, uh, or also known as I'll Be Growing on the social medias. If it wasn't for her, definitely wouldn't have as good of a show. Also, Shaylee creates all of our graphic design uh, that you see us, you know, promoting on Insta- on our social medias. Miss Shaylee has created those. Thank you for your wonderful artistic contributions. Um, I do, well, Shaylee and I do bookings. I try to keep the calendar as organized as possible, uh, but we both do bookings. If you have any questions and you want to email the show, that's you can at goodsfunnygirl at gmail.com. That's G-O-O-D-S-F-U-N-N-Y-G-I-R-L at gmail.com. I hope you show enjoy the show. Once again, thank you for listening. Um, hopefully you will refer this to a friend. And I hope you have a great day. Thanks. Count us in. Nice. And we're recording. So, we have, of course have Shaylee, and today we have Alabrije. Hey, how's it going? Hey, everyone. Hey. <laughs> and Mrs. Nice Alabrije as well. Yeah, we can go by Mr. and Mrs. Alabrije. <laughs> yes. All right. <laughs> so good to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Of course. It's a pleasure to meet you guys. Yeah, I, this is our first official meeting besides, you know, just some DMs back and forth beforehand. It's nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Nice no. to meet you too. <laughs> Very cool to, to hang out in person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Almost. Vir- virtually in person. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been like the closest in person that some some lot of us people had for a couple years. So. Yeah, true. Second, we got kind of used to this. Me. Yeah, that's the case for me. And most of my friends are online, you know. Personal life, I'm very private, so. Yeah. I think we all kind of understand that. Mm-hmm, Yeah. We are as well, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Do you guys have any friends around you that know that you grow or anything that, like, you can just talk to? just some family members and uh, like a couple very close friends, and that's okay. it. Um, yeah. yeah, in general, it, it's a shame, you know, because it's such a passion and it's all I want to talk about. Uh, but yeah, in person wise, there there's no one, and even those people that know, they don't they don't grow and they don't have the passion for it. So we don't really talk about it that much. Um, so I really get all my my growing friends out of Instagram and, you know, Discord and social media. So it's, you guys are my, are my friends. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but luckily you have a partner, obviously, who supports it. I know that's not the case for everybody. I've had people reach out to me and they're just like, yeah, my wife doesn't like that. I'm like, oh, that sucks. But 
you know, having a partner to support to support you and help you in that aspect is always a good thing. Couples who grow so stay true. together, right? Yeah, of course. So true, definitely. Do you grow as well, Mrs.? Uh, no, I'm not. I'm more of uh, a taste inside. She did grow, grow her first client last year, but it was kind of in the mix with everything I had going on. And so I ended up just sort of caring for it, but yeah. it was, she had been wanting to, it was a 24 karat from Mephisto and she'd been wanting to try it for a long time. So we, you know, we made that her official <laughs> first grow, but yeah, I, I was probably the one doing the daily watering yeah. and, uh, and everything. <laughs> I just like the taste of it. Yeah. Um, right. Support, though. It's still important. It, of course. Yeah. 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 She's all on the tasting side. <laughs> yeah. That helps when, when you're the, the chef as well. So <laughs> You feel like you yeah. need different opinions anyways, because like sometimes you'll smoke something and it's like, oh, this is so fruity. And then they're like, where are you getting that? Or, you know, like the chocolate or whatever their descriptive words yeah. are. Definitely. She, she has a better nose than I do. And so that's one of our, you know, activities is, you know, each opening up a jar of the same thing and spouting out, you know, what comes to mind. And, you know, she grew up in Mexico and was used to going to markets with lots of tropical fruits and things like that. And there's certain ones she'll just like pinpoint that I, you know, I wasn't really familiar with those smells growing up and I don't really have that memory and history with them. Yeah, I, I do have a family history of growing our own food and cooking everything from scratch. So I, I am well known with those <laughs> uh, lost aromas a lot of people don't, don't know. Yeah, she'll, she'll, she'll throw out some, some interesting aromas that I was like, oh, I never would have pegged that, but yeah, I can, I can see it. It's going to make you sound good, though, when you put it on there and you're like, yeah, it's got this, you know, very certain aroma that most of us haven't heard of, so. Totally, definitely. Yes. <laughs> Do you and usually lean towards, like, sweeter um, strains or gassy strains or? Uh, I'm more like a cammy person. I like more mm. like canned. Uh, just because I like to use them to sleep, so uh, that's why I'm I'm not more like um, uh, day daily use. I like more to use it just at night, just like to help me go to sleep, to help me with anxiety, to help me relax before I'm going to bed. So uh, I like I lean more towards skin. She likes the Kim dog. She likes yeah. the cushions. She likes the mm -hmm. the heavy oh. the heavy hitters yeah. that'll put her down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? That's my favorite too. Yeah, is heavy indicas. I mean, I like a hybrid for during the day, you know, kind of give you that uplifting mood, but anything that's going to help me fall asleep and relax, that's what I like too. Yeah, I've, I've had, had a hard time ones. finding one that'll make me go to sleep. So, yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I will say um, that's kind of this to start too because. Um, I will find some strands that are like, this one's making me too anxious, this one's making me like be awake all night, you know? So yeah. that's kind of we are starting like to, let's start doing our own cross, or let's start trying to figure out one that is just like, for me that I like, and I know it's going to work the way I want. She's, she's my muse, uh, <laughs> that I try, to, I try to create specific things that she needs. Uh, one, yeah, one thing that I'm working on is a, it's called the Balance Getuga, and it's, a pure red CBD crossed with my dog walker, which is Skywalker and, uh, and Stardog. 
And it's it's designed to be a more indica, a more nighttime leaner, but also with that CBD in there to just sort of like reduce the anxiety factor that sometimes comes with a heavy smoke and might just sort of easier into into sleep easier. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um I forgot where I was going with that. I just took a hit right before we got started. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll I say it. Yeah, that I sounds amazing. Yes, um, that sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of the strains that you've developed, um, we have the the Tangy Tigawana Grow Along. Yeah. And then the Juicy, and I'm not even going to pretend that even I know how to pronounce that properly. So, it's it's Juicy Aholoro. Like A-H-O, Aholoro, but I'm expecting a lot of Oxoloros out there too, So, which is totally fine, you know, that's part of the fun of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, But the the X X in Spanish, or at least in Mexican Spanish, I don't know about Spain Spanish, uh, the X is like H, it's uh, like Mexico. Yes, in some cases, in other cases can sound like an S, like a C-H. It just depends the word. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Right. No, I... And depends I on where up, you're at. Yeah. yeah. I grew yeah. up in Phoenix. So, like, I just... I know, like, enough to, to get me a beer or find me a bathroom. There um, you go. What else do you need? Yeah. Like, yeah, so... Yeah. That's it. It's kind of the same with me. I, I, um, I lived in Colorado for about seven years and worked in the hospital with the newborns doing photography and stuff for Mom365. And we had a lot of um, Hispanic and Spanish couples and stuff. So I knew enough to be like, hold on, let me go get somebody else. <laughs> <That's pretty laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. As long as you can point them in the right direction. Right, you know, yes. What, what yes. more can you do? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so, oh, yeah, so the Juicy Ahalor. Um Yeah, the Tangy Chibiguana. Yeah, how do you think that's going so far? Because, I mean, like, I know I started late, and let's just not even talk about that. But uh, <laughs> everybody else's plants look amazing. There, there are some great-looking plants out there. And, um, no, you're doing a great job. Wait, it's Honestly, it's a haze leaner. And haze is a notoriously difficult grower. It, it's not the easiest plant to grow, and it can definitely be more finicky. And especially some of these phenotypes I'm seeing are, like, everybody's doing everything right and it's throwing some weird wonky leaves and that's okay that's that's just a like an old school haze trait that i didn't see it much in the in the first f1 round but as i i took it to f2 and that trait got inbred it, it shows up a lot more in that population and it's something i'm i'm okay with you know i i, I like it for that factor and and honestly you're gonna get that haze high and those haze flowers but in a much shorter time span than you know the traditional photo period version so it's it's something that's cool and yeah i'm i'm thrilled at at the grow along that's going on like there's so many great plants out there um shout out to mac gardens i think is his full title uh but he's just crushing it at the moment and his is Mac attack, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just call him Mac, so uh, I forget I forget what the full name is at times, but um, his, his is a beast. I think he's on like day 30, 31 or something, and yeah, there's a few that just look insane. Um, but now I, I grew a lot of smaller ones, so it's fun to watch people, you know, 
push it to the limits that I, I didn't, didn't even do. So um, I'm excited yeah. to see what they're all going to look like. All different conditions and whatnot. So yeah, uh, you yeah. get to, to see the gambit. Yeah, it's uh, for, as a breeder, you couldn't ask for more. And and the open sharing and everybody seeing it, um, you know, a it's such a great promotion, and I, I really appreciate it. Yeah. But b just the feedback and the data and watching what these plants do in certain environments and certain media versus others, it's it's honestly fascinating. Yes, we all grow in different ways. I mean, there's a million ways to grow the same plant, a million different nutrient lines and lights, and you know, your environment can be very different depending on where you're at. So that's always interesting when you see people that are growing the same. We did the um, the Marley's Grin grow along not too long ago, Mango. and that oh, was yeah. interesting. That was my first grow along. Yeah, it was pretty interesting to see just all the you know very similar but different plants, and so. You learn a lot just from watching other people and sharing that knowledge. Yeah. You know, grow alongs are fun. Yeah. Mango so smile, fun. grow along. You just That's what it was. I grew the Marley. <laughs> yes. Okay. We, we, had, we had literally like just finished growing a mango smile right when that started. And I was like, ah, oh, we're like, we're sitting on like six ounces okay. of mango smile right now. Like, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this one, but uh, no, I, I was following along avidly. It, it was it was fun to watch, and and I'm so glad. You know, shout out to Johnny Apple and Reverend Pirate Frog for kind of starting this grow along and getting everybody involved. Yeah, no, it's been fun and like supportive and helpful and like you know doesn't feel competitive. Like I mean, I'm whatever have my own issues with myself, but. Like, honestly, my mango smile did the same thing where it was just, you know, temperamental at first, and then it became a beast. So I was like, all right. But, like, you know, my mango smile, like, never looked pretty, but, man, she tasted good. That's that's what counts in the end, you know. Um, I'm all about flavor and terpene, so if you get some <laughs> good flavor out of it, I don't care if I get a small amount or whatever. It's just something new to taste and try and uh, yeah that's awesome the marley's grin was a little racy for me i didn't like it had a great taste it was like orange peels and she was beautiful she yielded well but she was very racy i didn't it was a sensitive sativa for me so i, I think i just gave most of mine away <laughs> yeah that's a, yeah that's something we're aware of in this house too is we you know she especially doesn't really like the classic sativas that are you know with that racy high but uh <laughs> got cats, ju cats, cat. ju cats jumping on the table over here um but uh no, yeah, and and I I enjoy them, but I usually just stick to like one hit because uh, they they can quickly kind of get a little out of control for sure. Yeah, in your head, I've noticed I get anxiety really bad with certain sativas, yeah, and yeah. I like that you mentioned earlier that you throw in CBD with you know with your strains because I've noticed hybrids that have a trace amount of CBD in it definitely helps with my anxiety. It's just the perfect yeah. balance. It doesn't have to be a lot either, like two percent or something like that i don't care but you know what i mean cbd is definitely helpful yeah yeah i've been looking for i was starting to look at some at multiverse but 
I just, I'm, I, I don't need to buy any more beans right now. So. <laughs> I, I feel you. I'm, I, I keep telling myself, like, I'm done buying seeds for the year. I've said that like five different times this year. And you and see like, that one just, and you're like, oh, shit. I have, I have to have a, you know, and then, and then okay, no more after this. But, uh, Swear. yeah, I, I chalk it up as like, uh, it's, it's for, my it's breeding investment. it's it's yeah. an investment uh mm -hmm. it's gonna come in down the road you know <laughs> it'll it'll end up paying for itself one way or another you know so yeah. whatever so, <laughs> the so now to back to the juicy um ahaloro you already yes. forgot how to say it no you got it you nailed it you nailed it juicy ahaloro <laughs> yeah so, so it's dropping on day of the dead on yeah. tuesday, tuesday coming up november 1st 420 on on the east coast um and it's it's got some of the same roots as the tangy iguana it's a durban leaner but it's without the haze and it doesn't get quite as tall and the buds get a little bigger and juicier and it's a really sticky sappy one um it's also an F2, so this one I actually saw a little more even so than the Tangy Tibiguana, more kind of phenotypic variability. And there's a lot of different colors to be seen, some flecks of purple, some full purples, some full green, every end of the spectrum is there. Um, and it's a little shorter and it's a little more stout, but it, it packs these big tropical fruit kind of terpenes, a lot of citrus, um, and it's a great, rosin presser i pressed some the other day and it's got so much flavor in it um nice. so it should be a good one um we're excited about it um but again it's it's a maybe a slightly less racy uh version you know yeah that sounds day, ideal for me day timer but yeah i i think it's gonna be a good one well i know it's a good one but i think people are gonna have <laughs> a, I, I think people are gonna have a good grow with it it's gonna yeah, be, right. it's a fun one because you 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 don't know exactly what you're going to get, but you, you know which, which road you're heading down. That's what I like about growing. I like seeing all the different varieties and the phenos. I mean, it's, everything's kind of an experiment. Now, granted, when you're you know trying to narrow down what works for you, maybe that's not the best. But it's all the, the variety that keeps you trying and buying, right? <laughs> Totally. Yeah. I mean, that's what makes seed popping fun versus just like getting in clones of what clones, you know yeah. it's going to be exactly. I'm a seed popper for life. It, it just, it's a lot more fun for me. Um, I think so too. Yeah. I, yeah, I like the, I like the process. I mean, it'd be one thing if I found my own photo type that, or photo period, oh my God. Um, that I wanted to keep around, but you know, I'm, I'm not really kind of working with that right now. So I like I'm not the, the, the seed to harvest thing. So that's what I'm all about too. I mean, I have taken in some clones from friends here or there, and I did just pop a couple of photo periods actually, but with plans to hit them with autoflower pollen this winter. Um, uh, but beyond that, yeah, I, I'm more of a, I'm an auto guy, auto guy for life. That's awesome. Autos for life. <laughs> We're converting everybody. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, so they've come a long way though. They, I mean, yeah. autos aren't so much of a joke, I think, as they used to be. Like a lot of people are, you know, changing over to the auto game and it's exciting. Yeah. Big time. And, you know, a lot of it's thanks to, you know, breeders like 
Nidal, Daz out oh, there. Yeah. He's, you know, he's working with like some of the best photo period breeders, you know, in history and converting those into autoflower with their, you know, approval and assistance, I'm sure at times. Um, so yeah, we're getting next level quality and, and I'm trying to do the same, uh, but n not on his level, on a much more micro scale. Um, but uh, I'm interested in mixing in a lot more kind of land race stuff to get various, uh, you know, cannabinoid profiles and a lot of the micro stuff and CBD and things like that. So, yeah, like you said, to reduce some anxiety and make it more user friendly for the average, you know, Joe. But at the same time, you know, I, I want to make some heavy hitting THC strains and some full CBD strains and run the full gamut. I, I don't I don't see oh, yeah. us slowing down or getting bored anytime soon there's <laughs> endless possibilities out there awesome oh yeah yeah just getting started as far as the auto game goes and like you said just um strains i didn't even know it was that simple as auto flower pollen and then there you have an auto flower so it's uh, it's not it's not that simple. Uh, that's just the very first step. Is all that I mentioned. It, it will require uh, multi multiple generations yeah, of uh, of actually like selecting for that autoflower trade. So it'll be it'll be recessive in that first generation. So it'll still act like a photo period, but. Once you cross two of those, since they both have the recessive trait in that third generation, um, excuse me, in the F2 seeds, you're going to start to see about 25% of the population show the autoflower characteristic. And then when you cross two of those together, you lock it in as the dominant trait. Um, but it might not be exactly the one you want, so you, you might need to continue work. But... That was the, the only one I've done fully like that now is my is my dog walker, which is going to be the base of a lot of our strains to be released uh, this next year. Um, and that that was the process for it. It started it was a cutting a clone from a friend and it was a, you know, a tried and true star dog that he popped from a pack uh, from top dog seeds and uh, yeah, it started off hitting it with some Skywalker auto pollen from Mephisto and then working it out those generations. It was a lot of work. So a lot of what I do now these days is using that and using other great auto flowers out there and just keeping it within the auto family. It doesn't always have to be brought, you know, great genetics from, you know, the photo period world. But that being said, I do, I do what want to do more of that but it's it's a time commitment and they're long-term projects so um i do have a couple in the works but having the tent space and the time is it's just gonna make them use that much the longer. tent space yeah because how how long would you say that process is to get it from the traits you want from a photo into <coughs> a strong auto it, it took over a year, um, and that, that was, it was like a year and four or five months, but, and that was basically going back to back to back, not really having a lot of time in between. Um, and it was keeping, you know, the photo periods small that first round. I, I went with uh, 11 hours of light within like the first couple of weeks, um, which it keeps them small, but you can definitely still get great plants and see the traits and whatnot. But uh, 
excitingly, the one of our releases is going to be this coming year is going to be the Sour Perizoso, which is actually the the dog walker in F4 form. So I'm excited. I've, I've taken it that far, and we'll probably leave it there. I don't plan to continue it on. Um, but I, I'm happy with how it turned out, and I'm, I've got a few in testing right now that are looking good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, <laughs> that's a lot of um, breeder stuff. So. Sorry. Yeah. Now. Not to get too technical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one of the reasons, uh, I believe, obviously, correct me when I'm wrong, um, one of the reasons that you really wanted to start doing a lot of the breeding stuff was because you have a nonprofit, Save the Paros. Yes. That you want to help. Yeah. Yes. I mean, tell us about that. Well, it's it was inspired by Mrs. Alabrije here, um, <laughs> and and also I, I saw we we travel to Mexico every year to visit our family, her family down there, um, and, and we. Where they live, there there is always a lot of uh, street dogs, you know, and it's really mm-hmm. sad to see them because you have, well, we have one at home, and when you see how happy he is with a family, and then you see the ones out there, like, their mm-hmm. sad faces, it's just like, I just want to cry, I want to do something for them, I want to help them, so when all this started, I told, I told him, like, uh, we need to do something about it, like, let's use some of that money to start, like, uh, help them, you know, with food, like, trying, like, to fix them, so if they're, like, in the street, they're not, like, popping more doggies out there, you know, uh, mm-hmm. so for, after this, like, we want to, like, I don't know, in the future, create, like, a facility, like, a human society where we can rescue all those dogs, like, try to help them, try, like, to... Um, have a healthy life and then like trying to find families and at the same time teach those families like what it means to take care of a dog you know it's not just like your pet that you forget there and no it's just more than that well at least for me it's definitely a different culture down in Mexico of how even families that do have dogs how they you know care for them versus here and not obviously not every case um, but a lot of the times you see it's kind of it's always an outdoor uh, and our, ours are indoors and, you know, jumping up in the bed and, you know, they, yeah. we often get scoffed at down there for things, <laughs> for behavior like that. But, um, no, yeah, we, for now it's on, when, on our travels, we're, you know, trying to feed as many as we see, um, and trying to make adoptions happen when possible, but it's, it's difficult, honestly, to find a, a family who's willing to take one in, but. We were, we were fortunate on this last trip, one of uh, Mrs. Abrihe's brothers uh, took in a little chihuahua we found, oh, Chi Chi, yeah. and we, we covered all the, the vet expenses and a bunch of food and, um, and everything to get, get them started. Yeah. And that was all from you guys, from yeah, buying packs of so Tangy Tibaguana. So, you know, thanks to, to everyone who helped yes. support us. and. Honestly, we we weren't able to spend all of it just on this trip, so we'll continue to save it. And our our end goal being that yeah, we would kind of want to start some sort of facility to bring them in off the street, fix ones when possible, and you know try to find loving families to to adopt them. But that's, uh, that's a little down the road. But we we do want to 
end up down there, and uh, that would definitely be a, a big project of ours. Yeah. Heck yeah. That sounds. Do you yeah. have any future trips planned yet to go down there again? I, I mean, I, you said that you didn't even spend all of the funds this time, so what's the next step, you think? Uh, yeah, we actually just got back like uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, and yeah, I probably we're going to try to go back down in the spring. Uh, we're actually hoping to combine a little Save the Paras mission with also we want to do, there's going to be a Mexico only release of the Juicy Ajaloro. And we, unfortunately, um, with the international shipping and prices and stuff, we originally started partially doing this as we wanted to promote more uh, home growers in Mexico. The quality of the herb down there is not that great, and we're, we're seeing how easy it is to grow your own, and I wish I would see more people do it down there. They have pretty affordable health licenses that they can get for medical grows and things, and so we wanted to spread some good quality autoflower genetics down there, um, but it's, you know, we need to find a, a partner or some sort to help us start at first to, you know, release them with us. Um, but anyway, we're, we're trying to get that organized for the spring and hopefully we'll, we'll go back down there and do another Save the Paras mission in the spring and release some juicy ajaloros and visit family. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. I need to get me some of that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> right doesn't it sound amazing like ugh, just the flavor yeah those are the kinds of like i said traits and stuff that i look for absolutely mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. one so what sure. is the alabrije coffee then so that was also uh actually inspired by this latest trip to mexico um both of mrs alabrije's parents randomly have like are super into coffee and have coffee contact her mother has a coffee contact in Oaxaca who she buys direct from and then her dad has a contact in Chiapas who he works with and um, I don't know I I quit drinking it'll be three years ago in January and coffee quickly I've always loved coffee but I started consuming it a lot more in place of, of alcohol and um, just being down there and wanting to, you know, help spread the good word of Mexican coffee. I don't see as much Mexican coffee out there, and I, I certainly love it. And partially it's just having fun doing, uh, starting new projects. And I, I've always wanted to learn to roast my own. And so that was sort of inspired by that. It's like, oh, we've got these great contacts here to get from arguably the two best regions in Mexico, Oaxaca and Chiapas. And I just wanted to start to bring some home and, you know, start roasting it myself and see where that went. And I just thought it would be fun to, you know, do it for the public release, but just the same style as the Alabrije autoflowers, just in very small batches and here or there. It's not something I'm looking to like just be doing all the time. You know, it's like, ooh, like this is a good one. I like how I've roasted it. You know, let me release, you know, 30 or 40 packs of it um i i'd like to you know put an alabrije name to each one and have an artist design you know a creature for each release and i'm sure it would probably come with some autoflower seeds and all sorts of fun stuff so <laughs> it, it just another just sort of uh 
it, sharing my passions with the right. with, with the community. And, and there seems to be a lot of uh, coffee lovers in the in the cannabis yes. community. So oh, yeah. I, I think they go <laughs> hand in hand a lot of the time. They really do. Coffee and cannabis. I think there's like, yeah, a, probably a couple profiles out there that are just called coffee and cannabis. So. <laughs> totally. That 24 karat we were talking about earlier had a really nice coffee profile. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't had really anything to, yeah, coffee profiles. That's interesting. I'm always looking for those interesting profiles. Like, I just mm-hmm. picked up, um, <sighs> the Italians might hate me next. Um, prosciutto, uh, strain, yeah. which, right? The white wine, prosciutto. Prosciutto. Prosciutto mm-hmm. is like uh, the Italian ham. Okay. Then it's prosecco. Oh, prosecco. 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 <laughs> That's the bubbly. Yeah. Yes. So the prosecco from. Um, the themes, like, I, I'm really excited for that one. Ooh, that sounds good. But yeah, like, it, it sounds like white wine grapes. Heck yeah. Oh, that sounds mm. really yeah. interesting, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm going to have to check that so, one out. Yeah. So, should we get Over into on the some... Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> should we get into <laughs> some ghost stories? Yeah. Yeah. I hope you guys have some. I don't really have any, but uh, Mrs. Alabrije might have one or two up her sleeve. Well, this happened like um, a few years ago. We were doing mushrooms, and I think I got really high because I was, I, I don't know, like I was being. I don't know, I was feeling like I was being followed, and then I was like, I just want to go to the garden, yeah? So I went to the garden, and (laughs) suddenly I started just to freak out out of nowhere and saying, I I don't want to go inside the house. And he was telling me, like, why would you want to go? He's like, because there is someone in the window right now that I can see, and they just want to use my body for some reason. I was also on mushrooms at the same time. Did not see this and did not see the people she was talking about. But I do know, you know, how you know psilocybin can definitely release the filter of the brain and you know kind of connect you to other levels of consciousness. So I, I believed it, uh, but right. I didn't. Uh, I, I, yeah, I just didn't want to come inside. And then like I, I kind of calmed down a little bit. Came inside, I took a shower, and I was like, I feel they're taking a shower with me. You know, like I feel them yeah. in the shower. I was like, I, I was like, I need to calm down. It's like I need to go for a walk or do something just to kind of feel the fake going low. But like I, I was yeah. telling him, like something like that happened to me when I was a little girl. I was probably like six or seven. Um, no one was at home. Uh, normally, I used to be with my grandmother a lot. Um, and that day, I remember she left, and I just sat on the sofa watching TV. You know, I was watching cartoons, and suddenly I saw this man passing next to me with a suit. It was a black suit, I remember, with a black hat, and he went and sat like in the door that he was in front of me, in the door in the next uh, room that he was uh, in front of me, and. I was just like sat down. I was like, okay, what's going on? So I went to the bathroom. I just closed the door. And I was like, I don't know what I just saw. And then my grandmother arrived and I was like, what is what is happening? Like, what are you doing in the bathroom? I, was like, I, I told, I explained her what I just saw. And she was like, 
it's okay, don't worry about it. Like, I see him too, and I was like, okay, well, he never oh said about God. anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, it's okay, he won't bother. He was like, okay, you just freak me out. <laughs> but yeah, like, those the only, like, kind of ghosty things I, I ever experienced in my life. One in Mushroom and one when I was just a little girl. But since then, like, no, nothing yet. So my weird. first ghost experience was when I was younger. I think it was th fourth, fifth grade. I went over to a friend's house, which I didn't do sleepovers very often, but I went over to a friend's house and like not even 10 minutes there, she's like, just so you know, my house is haunted. And I was like, oh, great, okay, <laughs> whatever, you know. So we were, I, was, I just pushed it off. I was like, okay, well, later that night, it was like 11 o'clock at night and I woke up because I needed to go to the restroom. And so I get up to go to the bathroom, and the bathroom door is locked. The lights are turned on. I can hear the sink going, the bathtub going, the washing machine going. And I just assumed somebody was also up needing to pee. You know what I mean? Oh so I went back to the bedroom for, like, not even two minutes. I laid there and was like, okay, that was kind of weird. You know, so I get back up. I go back. The door's unlocked, the light's turned off, the washer's not going, the sink is not going, you know, all the things. Nobody had gotten up. I mentioned it the next morning at breakfast and was like, did anybody get up in the middle of the night to go to the restroom? And they were like, no. I was like, well, the washing machine was going. And they're like, no. So that was my first one. I never went back to her house again. <laughs> but then a oh, couple of years later, yeah, a couple of years later, um, we bought a house, my parents did, and come to find out somebody had been murdered in it. Um, okay. <laughs> it was a drug-related incident, I guess, or a gang-related incident, I don't know. But this old man who owned the property had been shot in the head, stuffed mm. in a barrel, and left in the house for like two weeks um, while the somebody squatted in it. And like oh, eventually wow. they were caught and arrested. The body was found and everything. It was still there. But like these were out-of-town people. It was just a but it saved us house it was it, it was definitely energy and even people who came over who had no idea what was going <laughs> on in the stairs from where he was shot like lights would flicker um, I had a friend come over and get high with me one time and she was like, there is someone in your room, which eventually I did move upstairs. Um, just because of the privacy, it was like an attic bedroom. It was completely finished up there, but it was the only room and it was huge. And so when I was a teenager, I moved up there and she was like, there's someone in here with us. And I was like, no, it's fine. It's just the ghost in the attic. Ha ha ha. You know? And she didn't know anything about our situation or the house. She freaked out. She wanted to go downstairs. And yeah, I'm pretty sure that house was haunted. So <laughs> I would argue with you about it all day. Like I, there was enough spooky instances in that house where I was just like, yeah, too many coincidences. I don't know if I believe in coincidences. So yeah, it was a, it was a trip though. <laughs> yeah, I've had a few. No, oh. no, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, no, no. Yeah. no you go, you go, you go. <laughs> um, Well, so uh, a quick one and then a longer one. Um, so when I was really young, um, probably third grade or so, I didn't really hang out with a lot of other kids. 
um, on the play, like, cause it was just like, I was always the new person and I had a learning disability, so I had to go to other classes. Um, so I was sitting all by myself on the bleachers as one <laughs> in the situation <laughs> does. And I was like all by myself on the bleachers, but there was, um, like a soccer field in front of me and there was a bunch of kids there and there was like a playground behind me. Um, like with the traditional playground equipment, right? And there was a bunch of kids back there. It was just mayhem. And, um, but there was nobody, like, on the bleachers next to me or whatever, but, and while I'm sitting there staring at the ble at the soccer field, like, in my mind's eye, I just all of a sudden see this little girl with blonde hair that's down in, like, this, like, weird dress, um, and she's calling out my name. And I, like, turn around, and there's nobody there, and it's back to just, like, regular playground noises, and I was like... Well, that was really weird. Um, <laughs> oh, man. That's and crazy. then, in so as an adult, when I lived in Arlington, Massachusetts, um, I was 29, 30, something like that. And this house um, had been there for forever. It was at one point a carriage house. Um, or, no, it started off as a barn. I'm sorry. And then it was, and then it like developed into the carriage house and then, um, it, you know, whatever became apartments, um, that I eventually lived in one of them. Um, and this, uh, this house was very haunted. There was at least five spirits that roamed around. One of them just passed through and that one I actually had a conversation with and it was telepathic. And it's one of those that, like, if I, like, tell people, like, they're going to look at me like I'm crazy. But I know it happened. And I got a bunch of information from him. And then um, me and Debbie, like, checked it. And sure enough, there's some gravestones in the Arlington Cemetery that have um, numbers and dates. Uh, well, numbers and, like, letters that correspond to things that he told me. So that was fun. Wow. I, no, yeah, I, was, I believe it for yeah. sure. He was a military dude. He was um, part of the army. He died in the um, one. I think the Confederate, the you know, the the you know the one. The Civil War. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah after my no, dad died, I had crazy. all kinds of weird experiences too, where I would just smell weed out of nowhere. No one. Oh yeah, you know, that was your dad. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> no one around smoking. There's my dad, uh, or like songs coming on the radio at weird, eerie times. I totally believe in that. Where messages from the frequencies or whatever, um, coincidences like that, door shutting. You know, the, the same to me. Like uh, one time I was in high school. Well, when I was in high school, uh, one time one of my friends started just telling random ghost stories. It was just like. Not like personal story, it was more like made up studies, you know? Mm -hmm. And I don't know where we started just smelling like Sempasuchil, like, you know, a smarty gold. And mm -hmm. we started having like this strong smell. And in Mexico, you relate that a lot with death, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, like they, they use that smell to get to the offering that you put. And that day, it wasn't like, no, day of the dead, and it wasn't nothing. It was just like a random day, and we just started getting that smell of Sempasuchil. And we, everybody was just like, can you smell it? And everybody was like, yeah, we can smell it. It's like, okay, this is not good. Let's stop talking about this. But yeah, it's like those weird smells is, is pretty interesting too, yeah. 
Yeah. Smells definitely. I've smelled random like cigarette smells. Yeah. I did have one kind of ghost experience. It was actually at Thanksgiving back when I was, you know, in in middle school. And uh, my family had all gotten together out at a famous old hotel, the Greyfield Inn on uh, Cumberland Island off the coast of Georgia. And it, uh, it, there was apparently this one room that was famous for being haunted. Uh, so my, my story is secondhand, but my cousin Jack was uh, staying in the room. And every night, the first few nights, he like heard doors opening and closing and all sorts of movements. And he was really freaked out. And when they told the, you know, the staff, they said, oh, yeah, that's the haunted room. And just as, as if it was super normal. So. Yeah, I guess for a long time I've been really a believer and open to, you know, that kind of thing. But, mm-hmm. yeah, ne- never had too many first-hand experiences. I feel like I've had enough. Wow. I mean, I talked about the, the ghost of Nantwich, and I just, I remember just all three of us, my mom and dad, and I all had an experience, and the next morning we were like, what and we did ask the front desk like so have you heard anything about ghosts or anything and they were like yeah you know here and there mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's the thing for sure yeah. i mean that and that hotel had been there for there had been a hotel there since like the 1200s or something like might have burned down a few times and then been rebuilt but yeah like it just they just kept rebuilding hotels there so lots of history wow yeah we went by the stanley um the one where the shining was filmed we didn't actually stay there i wish we would have it's expensive just so you know (laughs) like it's one of those like plan a vacation even though it's in the middle of nowhere it's um right outside of estes park i think in colorado and it's just a very small i guess a tourist town but there's not much there just like a few shops and then this hotel and it's huge it's grand but just being outside we pulled up just to like get some pictures because there's some great foliage right there in that area and just being in the parking lot i was like we got to get out of here i mean i usually don't (laughs) believe movie stuff but this place has a very weird energy for sure i want to go back one day when we go like visit family or something you know definitely one of my favorite halloween movies the Mm -hmm. shining yeah it's creepy it's amazing how many movies are based off of real life and you know you watch them and you don't think much of it until there's some kind yeah. of weird documentary and they're like oh yeah okay i've heard of that yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. well i don't i don't know if i talked about it before but um uh there's a a big boat the queen mary um it's docked in um, los angeles um yeah and uh, so my roommate, when I was 27, um, living in Scottsdale, um, I had this roommate and he one day texted me like, hey, let's go to San Diego. And I was like, why? And he's like, why the fuck not? And I was like, that's, that's an argument. That's a valid argument. <laughs> well, we ended up going um, to Los Angeles um, Friday night because there was a Rocky Con convention being held on the Queen Mary. So I was like, well, clearly we need to go to that. And he was like, yeah, okay. So um, 
it was so the the it's a giant you know giant ship right cruise lining type giant ship and um to get to it you have to take the, ho the take the elevator and then you walk over the platform and now you're on the ship and you can get a room or whatever and I tell you, the second I stepped onto the ship um, from the little platform just instantly hit me and I was dizzy and I need, like, I just, I was just, like, like dizzy nauseous where all of a sudden, like, your head is kind of spinning and your stomach is upset and you're just like, I need to sit down or... I don't think I need to throw up, but I might fall down. I don't know what's going on. I feel really weird all of a sudden. And it did, it like, it went away like fairly quickly. Um, and I didn't really have any other experiences, but like I said, there was a Rocky Con convention and I got really drunk. So, <laughs> and there was maybe like five people trying to have sex with me over the course of the evening. So there's like a lot going on. It's a wild night. <laughs> It was like I didn't, yeah. I, I didn't, I but like there was still <laughs> like a lot of alcohol, so good times. I'm surprised that all my experiences happened pretty much in residential homes because I was that weird girl that you know hung out in the cemetery and got high, so oh, yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> I don't have I would more to share. <laughs> well, you know, I was gonna mention, oh, sorry. Go I was oh, just going to say, like, I, I also was that weird girl um, that liked to hang out in cemeteries to the point that, like, I only started dating one of my ex-boyfriends because, like, one of the dates was just, like, take me to a bunch of random cemeteries, cemeteries. in, like, the, you know, central Massachusetts area, and it was gorgeous. <laughs> and to your residential note, I was just going to say that our, our house is from the mid-1800s, and they're... they're there have been other times beyond that mushroom trip where she has, you know, seen ghosts. I, yeah. I've seen random movements and things and things that made me look twice. So, you know, mm -hmm. it, it, there probably are a lot things of... Things that get misplaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. <laughs> it, it, that might be the weed, though. Who knows? Uh, well, sometimes, sure. <laughs> or but... the cat, the cat. Oh, yeah, those little think... furry... The shows like Ghost Ventures and stuff like that kind of really, you know, puts a bad rap out there because it's a little far-fetched. But, um, yeah, definitely experiences that I would argue with you. And I'm even agnostic in the sense that, like, I don't like to say anything for sure, 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 but I'm pretty dang sure, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I mean, like, so we all, you know, we're all made of energy you know, it's, you know, it's just one of those that's like, even when we die, it doesn't just disappear. Something else mm -hmm. happens. You know, whether it's tangible or not, you know, clearly not, but. Totally. I, I read a fascinating book earlier this year called An End to Upside Down Thinking. And it was all about the premise that uh, consciousness comes before matter. And it each chapter was a different you know phenomena like uh, telekinesis or uh, remote viewing one was on near-death experiences one was on uh, ghosts and mediums and you know when you look at it at that perspective that yes everything is just energy kind of just consciousness really 
and there's mm -hmm. different planes of it, and there's we kind of have a backwards view of the the way things work, and it's not everything is not what, what it appears. And when you look at all this data and things that this guy presented, it was you couldn't help but believe it. You know, it, yeah. and there's so many different types of phenomena that make sense when you look at it from that viewpoint. But yeah, it's I I believe it all now. I, that's how I look at it too. You just kind of have to believe that there's truth to everything. And so even though I don't think anyone's necessarily correct, it you know, everything's based in facts with you have to keep an open mind to things because when you when you I don't know, put a label on it when you, you know, narrow down that viewpoint, it 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 doesn't make sense. You know, you have to start making up excuses for things to make sense. When you have an open mind and anything can be true, then it all makes sense. So so true. That, I was going to say that sounded smart, Shaylee. Good job. But you know what I'm saying, y'all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, I believe we're all connected and that we all create this reality. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and mm -hmm. the, you know, it's just too many um, instances of, you know, like people that are like, oh, yeah, when I die, you know, we're all connected and whatever, big blue light, whatever, but... Um, yeah, it's like that. I don't know. That just seems like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Have that any of you guys sense. ever had a near-death experience or anything like that? No, not no. personally. No, no, me neither. Unless you call, like, you know, getting really, really drunk and... No. <laughs> no. I mean, but... I've witnessed someone pass away, like, in front of my eyes, but, um, not, yeah, so... No, but I read a lot of data about them and a lot of stories about them and have listened to a lot of podcasts about near-death experiences. And let me tell you, it's fascinating. Um, yeah. And it's one of the like top things that makes you kind of believe in the, the consciousness precedes matter theory, for sure. I've had several people in my family who were clinically dead for more than seven minutes and come back and it's just like, you know, nothing happened. <laughs> they didn't talk about anything or no I mean some people say that it was kind of just like a dreamlike state where they you know but nothing that's why I was curious if any of you guys have had an experience like that my family's not very open though so mm -hmm. you know they're less likely to you know we weren't close or anything yeah. I do know that my grandpa Alan um, right before he passed away, like, I mean, if not, like, the day before, like, the day that he passed away, he was talking about the aliens in the corner of the room, like, in the upper mm. whatever corner of the room, they were, talk they were talking to him and trying to give him instructions or just, you know telling him it was going to be all right and that, and that yeah. he was going to see grandma again type of thing like those type of things and yeah. um and then yeah he passed away like shortly thereafter and it was just kind of like you know now it's like oh wish i could have wish i could have talked to him wish i could have asked, asked questions more questions yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's always the case when you lose a loved one is just everything you didn't know you know right because you, you were on. i at the time was like young 20s 
Um, I think it was even like, you know, pre-25 or whatever. But so it was like young, tw- I, you know, I wasn't thinking about anything other than myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a shame. Yeah. Well, on that very sad note. But... <laughs> Sorry. Like, I mean, it's just, you know, it, it is, it is what it is. Um, like it's, it's part of, it's part of life. Yes. Mm-hmm. Day of the you... Dead. Can you tell me, like, I know, I know from, like, watching Coco. Yeah, I, I watched Coco, but can you tell me, like, what you guys do to celebrate? Or, yeah, you know. Uh, well, I, I like to keep the tradition that my grandmother taught me, so I still mm-hmm. put the offering for all the people who pass away in my family. So, um, so let me say, explain what okay. an offering is. Uh, the offering is... you. It's like a table or sort of an altar where you put the pictures of your dead loved ones. Ours contains mm-hmm. pictures of all our grandparents. And you also put things that they liked. There's certain elements you have to yeah, put. Yeah, you have to put like uh, all the elements like uh, fire, wind, earth, uh, water, you know? So all of it has yeah. to be represented in your offering. So. Earth, you do it with the food, you know, that they used to like it. The wind with the paper that it has all those figures. The fire with the candle to illuminate their way to to their home. And what was the other one? Um, and the water, well, the water is, could be any liquid that they used to drink or just plain water, that's fine too. And obviously the, the Sempasuccio flower or Marigold just to help them find their way to. So I still keep that tradition that my grandmother passed to me, like Coco. So I don't really watch Coco because it's so sentimental for it makes me cry every time because it reminds me of my grandmother. So I'm glad to hear that a Disney movie did it right. Yeah. They nailed it. Yeah, I love that movie. My daughter. I want to watch it every year for Day of the Dead, but she won't let me because she cries. I I think they did a brilliant job. Honestly, that was the first place I ever learned what an alabrije was. Um, Yeah. And they're mentioned several times in there. And if you Google alabrije, of course, like half the things that come up are from Coco. But another tradition... I wanted to use Coco, but I didn't want to, like, offend anybody if it was, like, you know, not viewed as a good no. thing. So I was like, use any other song, you know? No, no, no. Uh, another tradition she has is she makes uh, pan de muerta, the bread of the dead, uh, which is... You can explain it better. Uh, that was just mainly used for the Catholic Church, you know, to uh, convert uh, all the native Mexicans into the Catholicism. So I just do it because I like it and I like to put it in my <laughs> offering too. So that's it, something I like to to keep like, doing every year. It's like a really oh, buttery, good. sweet brioche bread with like orange mm. zest and orange blossom water in it. And it's super delicious. Um, and you see it, we, we ate tons of it while in Mexico. It's already out all October. Um, <laughs> But of course, got them and that. she needed to make some. Oh yeah, there definitely is. I mean, it's got it's loaded with butter. Um, yeah. So yeah, you just use some of your infused butter. Uh, <laughs> Heck yeah. Can of butter. It's not just for brownies. <laughs> yeah, or all of coconut oil. <laughs> throw it in your coffee. Yeah. Throw it in your in your hot wing sauce. 
so many good fall ways to use use can of butter. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I like the coconut oil. Uh, I don't think it has that much of a, you know, a, the rich butter. I don't know. It's it just doesn't work for everything, you know. But the oil, you can pretty much throw it in with anything that you know requires oil, and it's not a whole lot. So you can use avocado oil. I mean, I know it's expensive. But yeah. avocado oil or like um, maybe salt-free butter. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. the salt. Yeah. Uh, we, we use MCT oil a lot. It's a great mm -hmm. carrier. Mm -hmm. it, yeah. You know, your body utilizes it well, absorbs easily. Um, it's a good one for sure. Yeah. And that's like essentially flavorless. Yeah, it's like a, a distilled version of coconut oil. It's like a one specific oil or there's like... 10 different ones, but most yeah, of the MCT oils you see are like a blend of, you know, eight and 10. Um, but yeah, it's just like a, a cut product out of a coconut oil. So it's a type of coconut oil. Yeah. It's like the liquid, always liquid or whatever. Yeah. Well, there's, was it fractured coconut oil, which is the always liquid stuff? Refined and unrefined and I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> There's all different ones. I like the yeah. C8 one. Apparently, it's like it, your body uses it really well, and it, it doesn't tend to give you uh, an upset stomach like like the regular blend ones might. If you yeah. if you take in too much. Hmm. I'm not what huge on the edibles. Again? I tried to make it. Oh yeah, what's that called C again? It's the C8 MCT oil, or it's caprylic okay. caprylic acid. I see. I tried making gummies once, but it was just with some regular coconut oil, and it, the t the texture wasn't quite right. So, I want to try to use the MCT oil next time. I've seen a lot of recipes that use that one. So, you have to yeah. use like the extra gelatin and then saffron oil. Yeah, I believe yeah. Or with gummies in order to get. The consistency, right? Yeah, I'm. I'm. I don't know for sure. I just know that the anti-social uh, grower. Sorry, my back. Um, <laughs> he makes a lot of gummies, so he's. I think that's what he does. I, I make gummies. I, I use uh, glucose syrup and gelatin, and it's got sugar. Sugar, and it has. Uh, what's that one? I forget. There's one like sugar alcohol you use, so uh, it gives it more of a chewy texture. Um, sorbitol? Sorbitol. Um, yeah. Sorbitol, and then just like flavoring and citric acid. It's, I do it in a little water bath, so I don't really have to do it. It's kind of like a little easy bake oven, and I just like throw in my jars <laughs> with all the measured ingredients, and it just sort of like mm -hmm. stays at a regulated temperature all day. I, I stir it here or there, and then when I'm ready to pipe, I you know mix in the flavor and color and pipe them out. And yeah, it's it's a pretty easy easy process for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. I was listening yeah. to it and I'm like, I couldn't do that. <laughs> you just need a little immersion right? circulator, a water, one of the little water bath things, and, uh, and, and it's easy. Ugh. No, I, I don't, currently don't have the space for that. <laughs> With the toddler and stuff, it's just, you know, yeah. everything is, you know, in either in his reach or, yeah. 
put away. I, yeah, I, I feel you. <laughs> Mine's in so. that stage where she just questions everything I'm doing. And so you try to be like open disclosure, honest to a degree, but at the same time, it's like, dang it, business, go away. Yeah. <laughs> She's never questioned my parents so much. Jesus. I know, right? <laughs> I was like, okay, you guys. Does she, um, does she still think in very, like, black and white terms, or is she starting to see more gray? Mmm, I would say still black and white, but she, but, like, the good, bad kid mindset, you know what I mean? Like, this is good, this is bad, um, so, I mean, I'd be pretty honest with her. Yeah, that's, that's that's kids, that's normal, that's, is what it is, but, yeah, I was just curious, like. She's just more like question mark everything. Like she's just kind of mm. like why, why, why? It's a she's phase. Still in the why, yeah. Mm-hmm. But she's aware of what goes, you know, that I'm growing and stuff. She's just like, <laughs> okay, whatever, you know. It's mama's medicine, cool. Which is cool. I, I mean, think, that's better than what we did, yeah, as kids. I think that's great to teach them young that it's something that's okay and not to be, you know, demonized. I think I think you're doing an awesome job as a parent. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, she's my one and only. And, you know, like, when I was little, it was one of those things from young, I think, like, 10, you know, I was aware of what my parents were doing, but you did not comment or question it or anything. It was just an unspoken thing. And I think that's, you can, a lot of people can say that, you know, about the previous generation and stuff. And so, you know, if we're going to normalize it, if it's not, you know, a dirty secret anymore, then we have to treat it like it's not, you know. Totally. Yeah, it's just a plant, like... No dirty secrets. <laughs> right. Like, I definitely, um, you know, want to take the... Because <clears throat> I've, you know... My kid loves the plants. Like, he gets excited <laughs> to open the tents. Mm-hmm. Like, he starts <gasps> screeching and stuff. <laughs> it's so funny. Um... But, you know, at the same time, you know, we're going to have to eventually in a few years have a, like, okay, you know, but this is, like, for adult use only, like, your little baby brain, I'm yes, sorry, yes. your child brain, um, you know, isn't done forming, so the problem with, like, you know, using this, like, partaking in this, or or even alcohol, or even certain other prescription drugs... You know, could change how your brain is developing and yada, yada, yada. So, like, you know, definitely that's how I'm going to try to take it. And hopefully, uh, you know, we can, you know, just, just, yeah, like he will be able to understand, like, oh, okay, this is, you know, what adults do because, you know, they're crazy. Because they have issues. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant when I see my daughter is very black and white. You tell her something and she just accepts it for fact value. Like, okay, you can't do this until you're 21 years old. And she's just mm-hmm. like, cool, great. That's that's the facts, you know. So um, she definitely already understands that, like, this is not something that, you know, a child should do. We right. No different than your doctor prescribing you for something. So, yeah. yeah. Right. How, how old were y'all for your first Do you guys have any children, time? or is that a weird question to ask? <laughs> no, no, we're, we don't. We've got, uh, we've got a dog, a cat, and uh, a hen and a rooster. Uh, I was going to say, how many animals do you have? <laughs> and, we, and we have a, uh, a, a neighborhood cat who likes to hang out at our place a lot that we feed, too. So we've got a, a, a little gang going on, and... 
we we love to travel, and so honestly, we feel like we have a little too much responsibility even to travel to the to the level that we want. But um, so in the meantime, we're just trying to. Kids are pretty portable. Yeah, Shaylee will yeah. be back, but um, yeah. <laughs> like kids are super portable. Um, That's true, of course. You know, they just. Like, especially when, like, you know, when they're, like, pre-eight months, they sleep a lot. That's pretty nice. But, um, it's <laughs> yeah. just about the routine and, like, hey, welcome back. Um, we're just saying how kids are pretty portable, especially when they're, like, real little. <laughs> um, you know, you can, you know, they just, they need their routine. So, as long as you can give them, like, a place to sleep and you continue feeding them, like, they're usually pretty okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's the simplest not, way to put it's it. Not, it's not off the docket. Maybe one day. Right. Yeah, no. I mean, obviously, like, it, it has to, like, it's a lot of energy. It <laughs> not, is, yeah. It's not yeah. to speak. Like, I'm not saying it's, you know, you can't travel without a kid or, you know, have whatever career that you anticipate. Um, it's just different and maybe yeah. a little bit more tiring. But that's just children in general. They're exhausting. Yeah, I don't think you understand the, just, until you have one, how much you're, it's not that you can't have a life and be happy and have all these things for yourself, it's finding that balance because your priorities change. That per, that child, therefore, is above your own self, no matter what, you know, people can, you can have a life for yourself, but you still, that child still has to be above and more important than anything else going on, and that's hard. I wanted to be a parent, and then I had one, and was like, "Wow, this is really hard. I don't think I'm gonna have any more." <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're we're fortunate to be uh, have a, a handful of nieces and nephews, and we definitely. Yeah. I I love to play uncle. Honestly, it's fun to like have fun with them, and then when something goes wrong and they're crying, oh, mom, take over, you know. Uh, but no, we 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 love our nieces and nephews, and. Um, love to spend time with them. That's yeah. the relationship I have with children today. Every time, you know, we get around somebody with a child, I'm just like, oh, gimme, gimme, gimme. And then, you know, it's like, great, now that's out of my system, here you go. I'm going back home now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I waited until I was 38 before having one. And, you know, I, I do not regret that at all. Like, I definitely was not ready until then. Um, nor had I met somebody that I wanted to have children with, quite frankly. Um, I mean, well, okay. There was one that I would have had children with, but he fucked it up first, and then I, and then both of us, <laughs> neither one of us kind of chose each other kind of next time, so it just didn't work out. Um, but, like, you know, pretty much none of the other ones, like, I was like, eh. even my ex-husband, I I thought I told him one time when we were fighting, um, cause he was being a little bitch, and, um, <laughs> he said something to me, um, he was like, we would make beautiful children, and I was like, I would never have your child. Um, and then he took my weed and like went to the camper. <laughs> I'm like, where are you going? Oh man! <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, we got a divorce. Go figure. <laughs> yeah, that's got some red flags going on. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> like a whole carnival. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> I was young. I was I was very young. So um... yeah, well, we all we, we live and we learn. Yeah. yeah. Yes, we do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I think we're going storied out for the moment. You guys, yeah. Alabrije Genetics has the juicy Ahalorho. Perfect. <laughs> Drop on November 1st. We will, of course, put, you know, how to contact you. Um, we're on a lot of social medias. You have a Discord. Um, yeah. I'm on Reddit. Is there anything else you uh, wanted to... No. Any uh, other questions? Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I was just going to say thank you guys so much for yeah, having thank us. Thank you uh, so much. Y'all are, are fun to talk to. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> thank you. You were fun to or talk to, too. I knew that you would be. I was just, like, I was so <laughs> excited and so ready. And then... Like Shaylee and I talked like a little bit before the show, and she's like, "Yeah, you know, you, you know, I'm feeling a lot better about like doing these." And I was like, "Great!" And and then I was like, like five seconds later, I was like, "Fuck, I'm really nervous." We're we're nervous too. We're we're pretty new to pretty new to podcasts as well. Um, not that you guys are new to it, uh, but we are. Um, <laughs> I'm still not used to it. It's still something I I constantly work towards getting comfortable with and like do the meditation music beforehand. I have the pre bowl and then the bowl and then maybe one too many bowls, you know, during. But it's a lot of fun. We have fun on here. So. No, y'all are so easy to talk to and make it very comfortable. Um, So my my nerves. Thank you so much for coming on ours. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much. Like so glad that. You said yes. <laughs> uh, uh, thanks so much for no, asking. You. Yeah. We, we, we'll, to, we'll, we'll have to come back and talk edibles sometime. Um, oh my God, yes. We didn't even yes. talk nearly enough food, so yes. Well, I'll, I'll we prepare this, some like, recipes times. or something for the next time, and we can <gasps> we can talk through them, and we, we'll do it again. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, we've been, we've been planning a cooking slash edibles episode for a while. I think we've said it like three times on here. We're like, we need to... Mm-hmm deep dive in some recipes because that's a whole side thing I've been wanting to get into. I have all this trim and no fancy, you know, I'm not a very good cook. So <laughs> I make brownies. Well, it works. The best. Yeah. Yeah. yeah once you get like a, that's you know, an oil that. base or something, you can put it in anything. Yeah. Totally true. Yeah. I mean, so, there's ways to get more clever with it than others, but yeah, you can mm-hmm. like literally infuse anything these days, you know, from drinks to every ingestible right yeah. all right thank you yes once again thank for coming you so-